coming in at six foot four, number one, Patty's Playbook. Hey guys, I'm your host Patty, and welcome to Patty's Playbook, the show for all you sports lovers out there. We cover NRL, NBA, NFL, plus many more sports. You can find us on Instagram, at Paddy's Playable. I can hear the sport calling us. Let's dive into this episode, baby. All right, guys, we are back on the Playbook Origin 2 International Representative Round. Women's Origin, we've got it all unpacked. We're back with Round 16 tips and plays with Top Sport. The DJs lock yourself in, get ready to rumble. But the main man, he's back again, Christian. How are you, bro? Yep, looking forward to it, mate. Um, I'm glad you got that USB port plugged in there because um, <laughs> something was going very odd and I was sounding very quiet, which is very much unlike me. After listening back to some of those clips you posted out on Instagram, I got fucking revved up, didn't I? Oh, I love you. <laughs> bring the energy. Fucking oh, like big dog energy in the kennel, let me tell you. Mate, we might be adding a few more kennel members in the next few weeks. So. Um, I think we start with accountability we saved obviously last week we saved two of our our best bets with top sport we had it on the friday night clash the women's state of origin the new south wales blues got up 20 to 14 against the queenslanders what did you make of that clash that was electric i did think how could we possibly lose that game with the players that the the new south wales uh girls had you, you know you have the tied dalian medalists uh, Millie Boyle, Emma Tonegado. You have, I mean, I didn't realise how good they were, if I'm to be honest. Jess Surgis and uh, Isabel Kelly. Isabel Kelly. How could I forget? Absolute meter readers. And then the big, the big dog up front, the newest kennel member, Johnston. <laughs> Off the back. What did I say? What did I send to you? It, it's, mate, that wasn't off the back fence. That was from fucking row 10. <laughs> Caitlin Johnston. <laughs> Welcome to the kennel. We love you on the playbook. We love you. Oh, didn't break stride. Caught one of the shortest kickoffs I've ever seen. And the, the little bobble. And just, yeah, pin the ears back straight in. No handbrake. Went through all the gears. Just good to watch. Um... I could go on about that game. I saw a lot of negativity around it. Everyone sort of, you know, we're on the Panthers uh, Panthers fans only page on Facebook and a lot of bloody purists not really getting around it and... I don't believe it. I, I couldn't believe like, Yeah. Just turn it off. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm loving these. No, no one. So don't watch it. It's on you. No one's putting a gun to your head. I thought it was sensational. Like, I think Isabel Kelly scored a try where <laughs> she's literally ran... So the, so the Queenslanders were, were defending on their line and she's steamrolled the, her opposing centre, bounced back and then dived over the try line again. They just popped up again and again, those two girls. And that's, I, I mean, that's how I thought we won the game. Torfa, I thought, you know, behind the scenes, she was, I think she made 30 plus tackles, which I'm not really sure how the females that sort of rank. 32, she had the second most tackles for yeah. the Blues. Yeah, I'm not sure where, like... The, like is it, is the thirty two tackle is sort of that the equivalent in the male game of like a fifty tackle game or something like that? Like I'm those sort of parallels to the ma- male male form. Um, I'm not too sure of myself yet, but from the way in which they were talking about it, 
Um, it must have been a pretty big deal, I think. Um, well, to put that in context, just uh, the top three tacklers of the whole game were Torfa, Millie Boyle, and Kezi Apps. Probably our best three forwards, New South Wales Blues' best three forwards, and 33, 32, and 31 tackles. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Can you bring up there for me the Queenslanders' forwards' tackles? I could assume they probably made more. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me just double check. I'm just curious because... I mean, I unfortunately chose to watch it on Fox Sports, not knowing that it was on Channel 9, and I copped. Um, and I know she's a great of the female game, and, you know, any female listeners will probably give me a big spank for saying this, but it was some of the worst commentary I've ever heard in my life. Do you think you'd at least give her a, a few tests before she jumps onto the big stage? Because it was just painful to listen to. I probably would have preferred to watch it on mute. Tasha Gale, it was horrible. She just can't commentate. Yeah. I mean, it's no, I'm not saying... You know, it's not a personal attack on her. I'm just saying it was, yeah. Tough on the ears. It was tough on the ears. This is some of the stuff she was saying, repeating herself and then trying to find superlatives to to describe the game and whatnot. And, you know, sometimes it's better off to say nothing. 100%. The girls were doing enough. Queensland tackles, the most was 25. Sorry, 26, and there was a 25 and a 23. So there you go. I'm starting to get that vibe that a 32 tackle game is pretty fucking big. I'm starting to think that's more like, you know, you know, our boys go out and get 45-plus tackles. I feel like that's sort of – because, mind you, they play 10 minutes less as well. Exactly. Um, so that's something to take into account, right? Bump up to close to a 40 tackle. Yeah, 40 game. tackle, you know. And um, to top that – sorry to butt in, to top that for Tau for 144 running metres, it wasn't the most for the Blues, but it topped any Queenslander with the ball. Yeah. So that workload, as yeah. you said, is just – And I was sort of – um. I was sort of excited to watch her play because I only managed to catch a few of the NRLW games throughout the season and none of which, you know, she was playing in. Mm. And then I saw a montage of her just with the old iron out, absolutely going to town on on the opposition, picking them up. Classic, like, Gilmeister-type tackles that just, you know, rib ticklers. And I was excited to see that, but I think she just went to work, you know, kept her head down. There's no shit about her. I loved it, really. Yeah. You know, I don't know how anyone could sort of bag that game out. And it was, we talked about it last week, that old school vibe, that old era. And like, it's no knock on the girls. Like, they just play no nonsense, no bullshit straight up the guts. Like, it's, it's refresh. I just really enjoy it. Yeah. It's just refreshing for me to watch. Put it this way. I'd rather watch that game and a few of the games in which I've watched throughout the NRLW season than fucking West Tigers versus Canterbury Bulldogs. There you go. I'll happily say that. I'll happily go out and say that I would rather watch the female state of origin game over the West Tigers versus Canary Bulldogs. And I think we've got a similar game coming up, which is the Warriors versus um, the West Tigers. Mm-hmm. I would so much rather watch those games on the weekend with the girls than those two, which sort of it just reminded me, I know we're going off the cuff a little bit here. I want to keep talking about the girls because I do actually you know, think that there is – there's big, big room and big market for them to be very successful in, in our sport that we love. And that is, where do we sort of slide them in? Now, I know that they're slowly trying to progress it. I don't really get the two-game series. Like, why not just go to three? They're That's capable of it. Next year, hey? Yeah, the two-game series. I know they're just trying to incrementally grow it and, you know, whatever. I mean, the NRL fucks shit up all the time, let's be honest. Just don't seem to hit the nail on the head a lot of the times. Are we, you know, we spoke about last week, you know, I think we we wanted to see the, or every game played on a Sunday, a more family-friendly time, young kids. You know, I was feeling tired 
before kickoff. So I can only imagine what a young kid who wants to watch the best players, you know, of the sport that he loves, trying to stay up on a Sunday night. But I was trying to sort of think, where do you where do you give these girls the credit and and sort of respect that they deserve in terms of broadcasting? Like a, a lot of people that I've spoken to about it have said, you go the under nineteens. Now you got to keep into fact in in, in sorry in. You've got to keep in mind with the under-19s, they're still very raw. There's not a lot of under-19s that we're sort of going to go. And I mean, there's, there's obviously your outliers, your standouts, that we sort of go, oh, we're going to see them in the NRL next year. There's very few, right? I mean, Bradman Best scored that 109-metre try that was raved on about. You know, we saw his head pop up a bit later. You know, there are some occasions where that does occur, but more often than not, it's not, you know, not they're not really at the forefront of our minds at that point. Do you sort of go... Let's have the women as our curtain raiser and give them a three-game a three game series. Because I'd fucking love to see that. I just feel like I'm hanging around watching fucking Channel 9 News, begging for the game to start. Yeah, from 6pm onwards. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, like the shakes. <laughs> yeah, give you it know, to me. You just fucking give it to give me. Give me some action. You know, try not to scull too many beers. Yep. Mate, I agree. I like that idea. Does it take anything away from the women, though? Like, do you think people might not fully tune in from the kickoff? You know, it might just be a second half. I don't know. Do the women deserve like their own night? That's a fair point. Like, Do you make- go Saturday, Sunday? There you go. But it doesn't really solve my problem of, you know, the eight o'clock kickoff. Well, maybe they do get more eyes on if, it, you know, you tune in 6 o'clock, 6.30, whenever, and then, you know, you've got the, the men after. Maybe well, they do get more eyes on. Well, yeah. Well, I'm sort of more thinking. And crowd. Yeah. Crowd could, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's an option. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's something for the future. And then you have a triple header and you go, you're under 19s, boys. Mm. into the females. I don't care what anyone says. I'd much rather watch the female game, the best the best girls running around, than the under-19s. Like, I'm going to be able to watch them plenty. I agree. You I know? agree. You know, sometimes I go over to Pen- Penny Park and watch the, the DOS get around. You know, knew about Spencer Lenu before he made his debut. It's good to go out. You know, Eddie Blacker, watch, you know, he just re-signed for our boys. Mm-hmm. It pays to sometimes go and watch reserve grade. I don't really need to go and watch fucking State of Origin under-19s. I mean, I would actually didn't watch it, if I'm to be honest. It was on the Friday night, I think. I only saw, well, I think Thursday. The Thursday night, yeah. yeah. I only saw parts of it as well. So realistically, they are, I see that as the right, the right sequence of events. You know, I don't think as 19 years of age, I think you should just be grateful that you've, put on fucking t- TV. Yeah. no. There I was agree. a time where we didn't used to watch them. I agree. Anyway, so I just I was sort of fantasising about this like triple header thing where you have the under-19s, the up and coming, mm. you get the girls out. I reckon if you charge the ticketing accordingly too, people would feel more inclined to go and watch. Yeah. If you didn't just give them like, you know, I don't know, how much is an origin ticket? 60 bucks? Let's just say For argument's sake, 60 bucks. If you sort of charge maybe 90 bucks, everyone sort of goes, well, I'm going to get there early and I'm going to watch all three games. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to spend 90 bucks for a nosebleed ticket to watch 80 minutes of footy, right? Food for thought. I've spoken too much. Basically what I'm trying to say is get behind women's rugby league because it is the fastest growing women's sport in our country. I have no doubt about that. AFL have just fucking ruined their game. Um, They refuse to make allowances. And this isn't any blight on the women. They just aren't as strong and as powerful as men. It's fucking, it's the way it is. Let's call a fucking spade a spade here. That's just the way it is. I mean, I wouldn't run at anyone on any one of those fucking sides, but I'm just telling you at that elite level, how good is it? I didn't even know this ruling until it was, I think the, the, they were calling a rat, the halfback for the blues. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, she had a crack at a 40, 30. Yeah. Unreal. 
I like that rule. Yeah. You know, but the AFL, they want to play the full-size fields and have six, eight score lines. It's like, am I watching <laughs> soccer or fucking <laughs> AFL? You know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah. moment the pill gets a bit wet, yeah. gets like a bar of soap. Oh, mate, yeah. They're all over the shot. And yeah, they're all over the shot, mate. It's horrible to watch. And again, I'm not bagging them out either. They're probably fucking amazing athletes, but help them out. That's, that's you know, shorten the halves. 30. I have no doubt that we'll, we'll soon see the girls playing 40 minutes. I think so. They've yeah. got it in them. They want that as well. They want it. I know they fucking want it, mate. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I'm all for it. But incremental, you know, pump the fucking brakes. I and get that's it. the thing, with, like, as you said, the incremental... They've slowly built the game up like the last four or five years, like the, the NRLW and the Origin, and we're finally, not finally reaping the rewards, but it's getting better and better at the quality every single year. And it, it hasn't been like just chuck them straight in the deep end. We expect this from you. Mm. Like nothing, this is nothing against them, but it's been the slow grind and now they're, they're superstars. Mm. Like it's unreal, man. Yeah, you know, like look at Millie Boyle. Like, and this is another thing I think we've spoken about heaps about the girls is you compare them to the, the men. They go, they do so many kilometers. Like I follow Kezi Apps on Instagram. She's fucking everywhere, that girl. Yeah, yeah. She's down the South Coast. She's up North. She's in, you know, the regional areas trying to grow the game for the young girls out there. They put in the fucking yards, mate. Like Millie Boyle was on SAS. She won know. it too, I she, think. Yeah, she, she won, won it, it with Darius Boyd and um, whoever else it was. I mean, it's good to see. Anyway. No, I like it. My little rap just on the game. Chelsea Lena Doozy, the big Queensland front row. Oh, she is tough as guts, mate. She doesn't back down. She was unreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, she's a big girl. Yeah. Four or five hanging off her. Unreal. Um, Ali Brigginshaw doing her usual stuff. For our blues, you touch base, the centre pairing. It's, it reminds me of the Turbo Latrell from last year. These superstars create that ruck space and just zing it out wide. And you've got these just X-factor strike centres. Jessica Sergis, Isabel Kelly, man of the match. 190 metres. Tries just phenomenal. Samama Tau for our girl, workhorse in the middle, Millie Boyle, Kezi Apps was just good. And then our latest kennel member, Caitlin Johnston, <laughs> off the bench, bro. Off the bench, we're talking uh, here. Nine runs, 99 meters. You're talking about impact, just. And I think we might have to get a little clip up off the back, off from row 10, as you said at the start <laughs> of the party. <laughs> it was no nonsense. We, yeah, yeah. Unreal, unreal. So it was a great Friday night. And I guess. Back to our whole accountability. We won on that bet, which was great. So happy days. More funds for the kitty. Do we roll into Origin 2 now or do we quickly want to touch base on the Kiwis? We'll go into the Kiwis, I think. Um, Talk to me, mate. They got the job done against Tonga. Yeah. I'll tell you what. What about... How scary is Fisher Harris with the full head of steam? Not often for our boys does he hit a hole like that and get a bit of, get a bit of clear air in front of him. And then the old, like, show one way, show the other way. Oh, just fucking crack me up, mate. Like, you know, steam rolls him. Come on, Fish. You were never fucking passing the ball, mate. You were only going over the top of him. That was good. Cooler. Oh, Cole, he copped it, bro. Straight <laughs> over the top. The stubby cooler. Oh, my gosh. Oh, too, too good to watch. Um... Let's talk about Joey Manu. Well, Joey Manu's the guy that passed that to Big Fish to go through, so far away. Yeah. Joey Manu. I actually didn't realise it. Like, it was, you know, I I would have thought Teddy's performance in State of Origin, which we'll go into later, he appeared to me to be more everywhere than what than what Manu did in that game. I thought, you know, Teddy would have fucking almost taken it straight back off him. I think even the commentators on Channel 9 made, made comment of... um. You know, is there two fucking Tedesco's out on the field? Like, it, that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. He was immense. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas Joey Manu just obviously went quietly about his work. I mean, I think he's a fucking fullback. Mate, we talked about it last week. The million, the next arguably million-dollar man, and we discussed, like, we like him at fullback. It might be his better position. I ask you, Christian, 
if he plays fullback week in, week out, could he be the best fullback in the world? Like what we saw on the weekend, I think he had 398 running meters, but then it got upgraded to 400. Let's just say 400 plus running meters. He was everywhere. And when he does this for the Roosters, like you look at the amount of times he touches the ball, he's up 25, 30 touches, like runs. Mm. He just gets involved. And just to think like if you put him at fullback for a full season, the, the ball playing ability, that's going to get better. It's going to grow. You know what I mean? Like he's only just getting chucked in there every fortnight or once a month or during the rep rounds. Yeah. More repetitions he gets, he's the scarier like, it gets. He's like that perfect hybrid of Tedesco and Latrell. Yeah. Like, carries a bit less weight than Latrell, has that break tackle ability of Tedesco. Obviously, we know now he has the work rate of Tedesco. He's that perfect hybrid. And, I mean, his stats, his stats show that there's that potential there for him to, to move to the position and, and really become the best in the world at it. I don't think anyone would come close to him. When's his contract up? Does anyone – can someone he, tell me? I think he just re-signed yeah. two years ago. It's going to hurt probably got him. another two years. It's going to hurt him. You know, love to see him break that contract and maybe duck up with the Dolphins. Marquee signing. I guess I mean, to his respect, or like to his credit, he's wanted to be loyal to the Roosters. They kind of gave him that early chance. Like, it feels like he's been in the league for so long, but he's still a pup. I think he's 24 or 25. It, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? I was looking the other day. I'll just double check right now. It's outrageous. Like, it, it feels like he's been around for like seven, eight years. That's That's... That's surprising. He's 25 years old. So when did he, when did he, can you look it up his debut year for him? Yeah, mate, let's, let's, let's do have it. A, that's, I'm curious. Just need to know where the third person is on the playbook. We need you. <laughs> Fucking no one's, no one's reaching out. All you listeners deserve these long pauses because he's aren't helping us out. I'm curious. Surely it was like age 18. 2016, so 17. 18, yeah, 17, 18, 18, 18, he would have been. 18. So he's probably turning 26 at the end of the year, 18. Came in. As a centre or a winger? I'm, I'm sure he came in as a centre. And just stayed there. Thanks for coming. Pretty, pretty much. Part of the furniture. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Just stick me in the corner and, you know, the rest is history. Round 15, 2016, against the Warriors. <sighs> Joey. 129 appearances for the Roosters. 25. He could be one of those elite centers, 300, 350 plus games. Fuck. The world's his oyster. What? He's won comps. He's got, he's almost got his career over again if he wants it. If he stays injury free, like he's almost got another eight years. Two or three comps. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I think, I think maybe the Roosters, unbeknownst to them, have probably been their own worst enemies with Joey Manu in terms of signing Tedesco. It's typical of the Roosters. I don't really feel sorry for those fuckwits, but <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, like you just sign all the fucking best talent because you've got the best location, you know, on the Eastern Seaboard, well, one of the best locations. And you've got Joey Manu just sitting You probably could have saved yourself some coin because I'd be very interested come the time when Joey Manu's 27 years of age, if that's how long he's got left on his contract. I know you're madly trying to look at the moment, Paddy, but like, I mean, you'd be, you'd be arming an R and whether it's worthwhile re-sign and again i get the loyalty f- side of things 100 i understand that but like i mean mate you can't keep playing fullback like that for the kiwis and get jammed out on the center that's fair and we're going to get to this bloke a bit later james tedesco 29 years old i've i'm not doubting he's probably got another three four five years at the top elite like he's he doesn't have a bad game really like when it yeah. comes to origin 
But what happens if they've, they've whispered in Joey's ear, mate, two, three years, this is your jersey, the number one, if he wants to wait that long. But I know when he did re-sign for that Roosters contract, the talk was, where's he going to go? I think the Warriors were interested, like 900 plus, had the, the money there. They were interested in throwing that at him. So it's a good conversation. And Joey Mine is just a superstar. Like, I'm I don't think away. Tedesco goes anywhere else. I don't think Tedesco goes anywhere else. Like, I mean, yeah, like I said, he quietly went about his work. I, I mean, I'd probably have to re-watch the game and, I'd probably be shocked, but I can't say I was really paying too much attention. It didn't really strike my interest, the Kiwis versus Tonga. I sort of saw the good parts. It was obviously I was watching, you know, whilst doing other things. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> unbelievable performance. I'm trying to I'm trying to think. A fish stood out to me. Mulatalo. Yeah, yep. The best ever Queenslander to play for the Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> he was good. Um, I thought... Who was, who was the young hooker for him? The cheese? Was it the cheese? Mm. See, this is oh, forgive me, forgive me that for the listeners because I know there was a lot of representative football over the weekend, and I really probably didn't give it its due diligence. I was really sort of more pumped for our Origin chat and the female game, yep. um, which seems a bit crazy. It, I don't know. Kiwis Australia, yep, I'll tune in. It does it for me. But you start to get some of these lesser nations who are now, unfortunately, with another stupid rule the NRL makes, which is you know. They're tier two, two or tier three teams or whatever. They're allowed to play for both. So I feel like I feel sorry for these lesser nations because when they've got good players, they end up playing Origin. So you know, which we saw with Tonga and Samoa and and the like, Cook Islands. <laughs> it was a tough, tough watch for them. Yeah, yeah. I guess my last comments for the Kiwi is like to top it off. The Joe Manu thing. My last comments for him: four hundred one running meters, but. The PCMs, mate. We've talked about it and we love them here, but 112. Like, don't even worry about running the football. Like, you can make a line break. Three line breaks, four line breaks, 80 metres, as your metres. You know what I mean? 112 post-contact metres. That, that's outrageous put, to me. Put it into perspective, out of all the other backs in those games, what were the run metres overall? Like, hit me with some, like, I don't know, hit me with Mulatalo's or... or, or 147. <laughs> so, Joey's almost got his... Overall output in PCMs. Well, I'll put this into into perspective. Joey Manu, 401. Murata Nirakura, Peter Hiku and Rapana. He's run for more than well, the same as all those three players. So three players, the two Kiwi centers and Rapana. Manu's done exactly the same or more. With them plus together? Together. Jeez, they must have had a quiet night. We got 108, 108 and 204. So it's about the same, yeah. They've run it for about a 400, just over 400. And he's done 400 himself. So. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it's That's amazing. Off its head. That's yep. off its head. Yep. That's craziness. But yeah, I just wanted to touch base on that conversation with Manu. We, we talked about it last week. Rolling into this week was um was good. I, I saw most of the games, part of them. There was some tough watches there. I was similar to you. Origin. I, unfortunately, I think it's just, well, not unfortunately, but it's the pinnacle of our game. I am excited for the World Cup at the end of the year. And I guess that's where we'll see blokes like... Maybe Jerome Luai, Brian Toto, Critter, if they want to represent, you know, the heritage, Samoa. So Kiwis 26, Tonga to beat 6. Samoa 42, defeat the Cook Islands 12. And PNG 24, defeat Fiji 14 on the weekend. So we glossed over something and we haven't brought up the R word in a while, but I'm going to say it, the referees. It happened in the female game mm. and I'm not happy about it at all. It also happened in the Penrith game maybe two rounds ago. Don't ask me who was involved. I just remember laughing at it going, is this how? We're, is this the route we're going down now? Because I've never seen rulings like this being made before. So the girls were disallowed a try. It was water under the bridge at the, end of the, at the end of the day with the result. 
whoever I think it might have been. Who was it? Jess Surgis or yeah, to the winger? I forget who it was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. right side. Yeah, look, maybe could have drawn and passed a little bit better. She gets, she makes contact with the defender. Clearly in a passing motion, passes the ball. The ball's picked up. Winger scores the try. It gets ruled by the bunker as a knock-on. It's not, how can, I don't even know where to start here, Paddy. I don't even know. You, if you're in the clear act of passing the ball, I always was under the impression that a forward pass cannot be adjudicated by referees. It can't. It can't. It can't. I, I should rephrase that. It cannot be looked at again by the referees. If it's cleared at the time, it's accepted as backward. It seems as though a loophole's now crept in where we're just going to start calling it a knock-on. She wasn't. She didn't cough the ball up. She threw the ball herself. Mm. So what is it? Where, where do you stand on this? I know you. We were blowing up to each other when it was. Happening. I think it's an absolute fucking joke. They, they've manip- they're changing these rules and whatnot. I think the f- the pass did go forward, but mm. that's that's not that's nothing to do with it. That's the ref's job on the field. He called it a try. You look up at the bunker, and even all the commentators were saying it. I was watching it on Channel Nine. You were on. Listen mm. to your favorite commentator on KO <laughs> on anyway, and they were all blowing up Lockyer and all this. That's the wrong call, but they're just so called calling it that to knowing that it's manipulating a rule. Yeah, manipulating the rules, knowing that it was it went forward, but you can't rule it. Like it's a try. So you're going to start calling it all the time. I hope we don't go down that alley. Oh, if we go down that alley, so tell me if that ball. Okay, I can see where they're probably sneaking this loophole in, and it's giving me the shits. It's because the ball touches the ground. Hmm. That's where they're getting it. That's okay. where they're sneaking it in. But what I want to know is how does that change anything? Because if you look at the actual laws of a knock-on, it doesn't have to touch the ground. As long as it just contacts a person that's in front of you, it's a fucking knock-on, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and that's whether that person's on your team or not too. So, stop fucking blurring these lines. You're just creating... Like, you can't even fucking adjudicate the game correctly as it stands. Why are you trying to make it fucking harder? Anyway, it just... It's creeping in. Now that I've brought it up, I guarantee you'll see it. I hope it doesn't happen again all season because it's an absolute trash rule. It's shit. Yeah, it's not a knock on people. It's it's a forward pass. And if the referee misses it at the time, since I can fucking remember, it has been allowed to go on and the, the, the tries awarded. It hasn't had any big impact on any game yet. It's just something that I've noticed. And it's another one of these man-made grey areas that the, the NRL loves to bring in. Just stop creating rods for your own back. Yep. Couldn't agree more, mate. It, outrageous. Absolutely disgusting. So I hope we don't see it in the, the, during the rest of the season. Should we roll on to Sunday night? Let's get into it. I'm loving this. 7.50pm. I was tuned in. I struck myself on the couch and I thought it was a great game. I thought it was a great game. Tough, physical, first half. The grind was there. And then there's obviously some key talking points we can get into. And then the second half, the shackles just got unleashed. Things clicked. The best seven in the world came to play. Berto on debut, seeming just, oh, incredible. Yeah, there's so much time packed. Where do you want to start? Blues, Queensland, what do you want to... Who, who are you impressed by the most? Obviously, it's, it's a stupid question, but... Obviously, the man of the match, Nathan Cleary. I've posted stuff on my own personal Instagram about, you know, and Queenslanders, hardcore Queenslanders, i.e. Den and Kemp, have been saying it. When are you going to get off his back? I think it's that real tall poppy syndrome that we fucking get as Australians. Yeah. It shits me up the wall, right? You know, credit where it's due. I don't know where this whole hate 
thing, I mean, you know, I now know what it's like to be a fucking Melbourne Storm supporter, right? But why do we love hating teams that are winning? Like, everyone loved Penrith when it was that fairy tale underdog story, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden it became arrogant and cocky and, you know, all this other shit. Let's just start calling a spade a spade here. Nathan Cleary is the best halfback we've seen in a very long time. A lot of podcasters out there who everyone fucking, including us, tunes into have said, Nathan Cleary is doing things that no great did at that age. Joey Johns didn't do it. Brad Fittler didn't do it. Jonathan Thurston didn't do it. Uh, the, fa- the one stat that I love about Nathan Cleary is, and it's come up heaps, I'm not claiming this is my own, when he, when he debuted in, for Penrith in first grade and then made Origin, he was the only Origin player in that fucking team. Unbelievable. Now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Birdo and Capewell because, I mean, well, Capewell did play when he was with us. And Birdo, I have no doubt, had he not played centre for Penrith, he wouldn't have been playing centre for, for the Blues on, on the weekend. There's nine players that we can attribute to the Nathan Cleary factor who are playing out the pinnacle of our sport. What more does this kid need to fucking do? He's won a comp. Oh, he's not a big game player. Well, um, it doesn't get much bigger than having a fucking win in origin. Three origin series, chasing his fourth. I mean... I, I can promise you right now, bro, if we... We're about to dissect the game, and I want to make this clue to everyone. We're going to probably get pumped up. Emotions might fly, but we all know there's a decider. And the Blues haven't won up there since 2015, a decider. I think it's happened twice in Blues history. If we get it done and Cleary has a good game, or he guides, whether he has a good game or bad game, but he guides a shit round, that's where legacies start to be made, created. That's when we start having discussions. Who's done this before? Is he on a better trajectory than a Johns, as you said, a Thurston, a Fittler? Like, that's when it gets scary. We talk about what happens if they go back-to-back. I think the Roosters did it in, what, 18-19? Before that was Broncos in 91-92 or 92-93. We start getting deeper into these these serious conversations about greatness, about maybe not immortality, that's a long way away, but greatness. And, like, it's just unbelievable. You want to, people complain about that. Oh, Panthers, it's these, this system that's around him. Like, he's created it. What about the World Cup? What happens if he puts slaps a seven on the back for Australia? He goes out and does that. What else is there? Like, this is where we, we're, we're in this period now. He's 24 years old where I, we're not really going to have the conversation now, but we're going to have to start having these conversations in the next 12 months if things go his way, if he steps it up another gear or gets his decider done, wins another comp, goes back to back, wins the World Cup. You're saying all these things, but it's not, and it's it's spot on. I agree, but we're not talking about a 28 year old either. That's what's scary about it. If if Penrith go back to okay, think about how instrumental. I'm going to call it right now. If if there's a few things that happen, and I mean I'm touching wood here because I don't give a fuck about the other accolades. I will trade in Origin Series kangaroo tours. For our, for our Panthers to go back to back. If a couple of things, well, three things happen this year, I will go out on a limb and say that Nathan Cleary, come the time, will be an immortal. 100%. I, I've said it for a long time too, and everyone's going to be like, here we go, fucking, with the immortal chat. What happens if he fucking gets this and what happens if he gets that? Well, okay, I'm sure there's plenty of immortals. I mean, I think Jonathan Thurston's going to be an immortal and he had plenty of fucking injuries. He had two shoulder reconstructions, all right? Like, relax. Um... We go back to back. Even sooner than that, we win up at Suncorp. And then he fucking dusts, you know, every every team, every international team, at, at, you know, at the end of the year in the World Cup. 
is there going to be a better individual season? Okay. And maybe it's going to be tough because Yoey. I mean, this is another thing you have to understand. You're witnessing a very, very good fucking team. So the Dally M is going to be very, very tough for him to get, right? Let's say he snatches a Dally M, maybe even a back-to-back Clive. These aren't... This isn't fairy tale shit, right? This is, like, very plausible. We're being real. We're We're, being... That's... It's like... None of that is... I'm not drawing a long bow on any of that, I don't think. Right? But I reckon probably the hardest thing is going up in Suncorp and winning. Yeah, I'm doing you know? yeah, yeah, yep. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's probably going to be the hardest thing out of all those five things I'm listed. But say five of those things fall into place for him. Now, I could easily see if we do win the Grandy, touch wood, buck and hope what we do, I can easily see the Dally, um, the Clive, sorry, going to Yowie. Um, you know, I, I think he could have easily got it last year too. But even just the the team accolades, so take away the, the individual accolades and you just take those three things, the back-to-back, winning at Suncorp and taking the Kangaroos, to the World Cup, is there a better season that you can remember from anyone? Yeah, not that, not not, not off the top of my dome. It's a great thing, and that's why I really want to. We're, we're starting to have this conversation now, but I think in the next twelve months we're going to have the information there. And I think we could almost do a whole episode on it. That's what we're going to do. I promise you, if things happen, obviously we're biased. We're rooting for this. It might not happen. We could lose Origin. We could get knocked out in the second yeah. round of the finals. <laughs> we could go one two out the back door. Exactly. But Shit the bed. Realistically. I yeah. agree with you. It's it, The picture he's been painting on the wall for us right now, it's so capable. It's right there. And that, that's when I want to pull up the Freddie stats, the Joey stats, the Thurston stats, see where, see where the trajectory is, see where he shapes up, see what the rest of his career can look like. Like, what, he's 24, another 8, 10, 12 years? You never know. Like, yeah, it's just unbelievable. I think the only season that I can think, and I know Joey, you know, winning it, Winning the um the big one for Newcastle and all that stuff, big Darren Albert, whatever. That was a huge season. Um, Jared Hayne, as big of a grub as he fucking is, came within a bee's dick of of pulling off one of the greatest seasons of all time. Turbo fell short. They were all very very big individual seasons, but probably the only one that I can think of is when Thurston took the Cowboys to their premiership, first ever premiership, huge. That had a really big fairy tale feel about it because they got fucked over so many fucking times. Like, need I remind you of the seven tackle sent versus fucking Cronulla? Cronulla, yep. That was a tragedy. Like, how do you bounce? How do you have the mental, like, steel to bounce back from that? And he did. Yep. How do you have the mental steel to hit? <laughs> What's the, um, what, there's a, the shit mates. Anyone, oh. anyone who doesn't listen to shit mates, you need to watch that. That's, that's crack. That's a cracking, uh, segment that they do. It's on their Instagram. Anyway, and he hits the he hits the woodwork to win it. Um, the steel work, that's it. You know, Rabs is going off. He's hit the steel work. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fucking good shit. And you know, even to bounce back from that, mm. you could pretend they could have lost that game. Yeah. James you know, the rest is history. James Tarmow. Knew he's going to get a quick play of the ball. Boom. Slotted over. The boys go wild. Fucking on the beers. Thanks for coming. Anyway, I digressed a little bit. I'm just saying that's probably the best season that I can think of. Nathan Cleary's going to fucking eclipse that if those three things happen. That's going to look like a little fucking blip on the radar. Huge. No, I agree. I agree. Huge. We'll, we'll skip it past Origin right now. I know you're a fan of Cherry. I just had to get the, the all clear from you, the green light. Cleary's wearing the seven for the oh. kangaroos at the start, end of the year, isn't he? Even if those things don't happen, he is. Okay, I just want to make sure because I mean, a now lot of people still talking a bit yeah, of rose-coloured glasses from Mount Meninga would not. I mean, it'd be the you'd probably put him up for freaking corruption charges. 
<laughs> if he was to pick fucking Cherry Evans. Deport him, you reckon? Send him. Fucking deport him. I don't know. You, you know. Oh, yeah. I think I think it would be a huge blot on the game to, to not have fans. And let's be honest, anyone who's out there that hates fucking Penrith, you're all going to be on Cleary's dick when he's got the fucking Canberra, um, the Kangaroos jersey on. Like, let's be honest. Oh, Cleary's fucking gun. This, this, this. Shut up. Shut up, all of you. All right? We love him here. And always will. He's our Joey, really, isn't he? Like, he's, you know, he's our Joey. He's going to Eclipse, I think. <laughs> you know, yeah. Get him a skateboard down the main street. <laughs> he's our Joey, right? No, minus, minus the pills in the pocket. Um, Yeah, he's the number seven, and it's daylight to Cherry. And I'm a fan of Cherry. I like the way Cherry plays. I know he rubs people up the wrong way too, but he's a tough player. He's a, com- he's a competitor. He never rules himself out of anything. He's, I reckon he's, you know, will be one of the greatest halfbacks that we've ever had. He's had a long, long career. You know, won won a couple of premierships, one or two, one, one, two, I think, yeah, yeah, one. Um, I always think Manly have won more, but smash the smash the storm, I think. Yes, maybe he won yeah. two. They beat the Warriors as well. Yeah, I think they won two. Anyway, I think you're right. Ne- neither here nor there. I'm just saying, Cherry's a gun, and yeah, I, I, you know, it's for me the halves are just already locked in. It's Munster and at six, and and Cleary at seven. Teddy at fullback for me. Um. Yeah, we can. That's that's another episode in itself. The the nine jersey, I, I believe, will go to Harry Grant, even though he's not starting. You know, I just think when the di- the, the dynamics very very different for the um for the Kangaroos team. So that'd be my spine: Grant, Munster, Cleary, and Tedesco. I don't think that's even up for debate. No. I think they're the first pick. Um, I agree, mate. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I guess it's forty minutes into the show. We probably should start talking about Origin, but um, we'll try and keep the Cleary. We've already, yeah, we've raved on about. We don't need to talk about how he performed on Sunday. Well, let's start. Matt Burton, what'd you make of his debut? Unbelievable. Yep. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, He's just made for it, isn't he? Just doesn't get phased by these big moments. The collisions, ran the ball strong. Three or four big kicks. Still waiting for that ball to come down. We lost it. Off the stadium. (laughs) It literally, it disappeared. That ball, it it felt like it came back out of the clouds. it was absolutely ridiculous. I think I was telling you before the podcast, my old man was reading out a, a section with it. There's some NFL teams that are sort of sniffing around. They're interested. Apparently, he punt, punts the ball in the realm of 65 metres into the air or something, and anyone who can punt it that high into the air, they want to have a look at. That's big money there. To not much fucking work either. Like, it's the long... You can punt until you're 40, earning $3 million a year. You don't even get that over fucking three years here. Exactly. Right? Definitely worth looking into for the for the big fella. Um, let's and let's get a bit critical of some players. I think Jerome Luai. This is good because there was a few. I, I was yeah. chatting to a few mates in my my tax threads and stuff, and they were like, mm. apart from that try, he, he scored himself. He had a pretty poor game, and I'm glad. Like we're Penrith fans, we love him. Yeah. It's exactly. good to be critical. Like yeah. it's good to be honest. Oh, I agree. I um I think that try probably saved a very very ordinary game for him. I mean, fucking fantastic try. We all know Romy can do that. But it, you know he he wasn't on the ball. He was he was poor in defence. Munster skipped past him a couple of times, and it was a couple of times um, there too where you know he just didn't really. I don't know the effort that we're all so used to wasn't really there. I'm going to digress into um, into then Critter. He got a, he got rinsed. I think Jack comes in. Critter dropped. Okay, we want to just quick chat. Yeah, I think I think that's what happens. Yeah, I, I th- we talked about this in game one. Jack White and his Freddie's boys. So you, Burton's picked himself for the next however many years. He's got to be there on the left side. He brings that kicking game. Talked about the huge kick. That was outrageous from the left side of the field. I think on his own 30 metre. It landed on the right-hand side of the field, like on the Queensland. <laughs> like it was outrageous. Like Anyway, I'd like to see just Talagi 
like no ball, no, oh. like just zoom in on him. Did, how many times did he like turn around but, and how many like head movements? Like I'd love to get a count on that because it was fucking huge. <laughs> it was massive. Ridiculous. So yeah. no, unreal. So Burden, Burdo left center. Yeah. So you lean towards Jack White because I think Critter's going to get dropped as well. Yeah. I, I, like he got rinsed. It was a horrible game. He did nothing in attack. And I mean, I, I think we've then we've even then moulded this into our panel chat. We were sort of fantasising about whether or not we could get Burton back. I don't think we can because he's gonna he's gonna demand close to a million bucks. I think his next contract. I think that's why he's not using his his player option is because of that reason. Um, to get more money. Where was I going with this? Centers. <clears throat> Centers. I'd love to just. Um, I, this is gonna sound crazy, but I'd almost love to see Critter just be get his payday, his fullback payday, and. Let's try and re-sign Berto. Berto. I don't know. I don't know what we're. I don't know what we're paying. Um, what we're going to have to pay, or what we're paying Critter at the moment, and how all the books stack up and all that stuff. But I'd much rather see that. I did have a very, very bad feeling when Burton left Panthers. I really did. It felt like we were letting Wade Graham go again. Mm, you know that type of player. I could even see Burton with the Kangaroos three on. Yeah, yeah, mate, I, I agree. I just think he's so good. And well, all right, we'll stick on Burton for one more thing and then we'll roll to the centers. The figures are roughly 500k with the doggies. He signed for two years. After one year, he's got his player option. He can um, stay on or test the open market. What's he worth? 800? 750? 800, 800 minimum. But it depends. Like, unfortunately for him, I know he wants the halves money, but he's a fucking center man. <laughs> he's a center. Yeah. He's, a, he's a, you know, I love. I love the fact that he can drop the ball on the toe and all that other business, but he's a centre, man. He, you know, he's more than capable of filling in for you at 5'8". Like, the perfect cover, if you you know, for those big teams that might go in after him that know around Origin time. Well, I mean, he's going to get picked for fucking Origin now, isn't he? So I don't know what I'm kidding. It'll be... Actually, it'll be very, very in- interesting with this emergence of... I think I think I could easily see Jack White, White and form by the wayside, but when you're talking youth and, and what, what can be brought to the table with, you know, Matt Burton... Where does Latrell and Tommy Turbo fit in now? Okay. I've got Latrell for my other centre in game three. Really? I do. I do. Underdone though? That's the only thing. Obviously, we have to wait this weekend. We're getting the podcast out before round 16, obviously. Match fitness, he might not be there. It, it might it might fall to shit. He might get injured again. I just feel... I was actually up last night for about half an hour just watching all Latrell's origin mm. highlights. And we know what he did last year. Him, Turbo, Teddy, probably our best three of the series. Then we, we put back to Nathan Cleary about going up for a decider. You know, you build legacies and stuff. We just, even from me being up there, Suncorp Magic Round, it is just terrifying. And we need something special to happen. And I feel like Latrell's that type of guy. So I'm assuming then you've got Jackie at 14. He has to be in the team. But then that's where I get nervous again. Like, you can't fit all these guys in at once. Jack White might be that guy that plays 18. He might be the 18th man. Do you ruin the, the winning, winning chemistry of the Appy Cook? Even though Appy only played, what, the first 20, 25, 30? Well, did Appy play the first half? I think it was... Did they have half each? I think he played like 30-odd. Let me just... Because yeah. I'm interested. Like, I did... I, I, I thought it was half-half. And I did sort of like that dynamic. It was like just, you know, have a half each. You get a fresh hooker for each half. I didn't mind it. 34 minutes, sorry. Okay, so close Pretty enough. much. I mean, six minutes short. That, that's a bit of a weird sub. And that's I a, actually messaged you at halftime. I was like, do we think Cook just plays the... I think I said yes, and yeah. he did. Oh, did Appy come back on? No. that's what, So I think the whole game plan was just Appy, as you said last podcast, take the contact, bring the forwards onto the ruck and just play direct like yeah, that. He that did his mid- role. Yeah, win that middle for us. You know, give give 
Cleary and Luai, the pill that they're used to getting. Getting um, to the game. Getting to the game, et cetera, et cetera. And then Cook, you come on 100 miles a fucking hour. Yeah. Don't worry about, you know, trying to reserve yourself for 80 minutes. Just rip in. Do we take the piss a little bit, you know, so next year, got a fit Tommy Turbo. Do we go Burton, Latrell, and then have Turbo on a wing? And then just go, you're not really a winger. You just fucking float everywhere. Yeah. And yep. like, we, we, we unfortunately see the death of that car. Maybe this is the writing on the wall for a few players. I don't know. It'll be, I mean, it's very results driven, right? You know, the, obviously the other thing that I sort of toyed with was, are, you, are we happy with giving sort of Burton big minutes in the 14 role? Giving him 40 minutes, you know, 20 minutes, that initial contact he misses out on, you know, Okay, we, 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 I, mean, I know I'm jumping off topic here, but no, no, I'm, it's just a very, very interesting... It's so hard to gauge. Yeah, because it, we're seeing Burton, we saw, and we're seeing Jack Whiten because of injuries. Got to always keep that into account. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think we see Matt Burton. I don't, think, I don't think it's up for discussion, regardless of how good he's playing. Like, he's in the squad, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, fucking Jordan McLean was in the fucking squad, for crying out loud. That was one of the weirdest... Um, does Talakai miss out? That's my next point. I don't think we can go up to Queensland, decide a Suncorp, and play Talakai like we did the way like the way we did. He didn't really do much. He came on when the score the game was pretty much locked up. I think he played 17 minutes. He just didn't do much for me, man. 17 minutes, yep, correct. And yeah, he made I think he had what four runs for 33 meters. Like, yeah, there was a bit of post contact in there. But my worry is if it's a close game, a one possession game, you know, we're down by two points or something, and coming in in that second half. Because we've got the forwards like Payne Haas, Touchwood. He's under an injury cloud going forward. Jakey Dvojevic, I can get to him a bit later. I'm so happy he got put in the team. Um, <laughs> we, we fucking said it. He's built for it. He's built for and it. And I'm fucking telling you as we said it because we fucking did. Even Ro- Roll back the tapes, people. We fucking said it. Cam Murray, Mardo, like these boys can play big minutes. So I don't know if Talakai can fit in there. And maybe that's where Jackie Boy comes on. Do we have too much of a small bench with Cook... Angus Crichton, Junior Bolo, and Whiten. Is that too small? Nah, I don't think so. Because you can play Jack. You've got to look at it like you're giving guys who can play big minutes a short breather. That Like Jakey, Jakey T, played 71 minutes in the middle, but he had that first 20, 25 stint. Then he came off for like six or seven minutes or 10 minutes and then played the last part of the first half. So those little... That's... Uh, he's just like... I get it, like, and I mean, we lost, we had a, we had a big, we tried the big bench thing. I don't think in this modern game the big bench thing is a thing anymore. Like, I was so glad that Regan Campbell-Gillard didn't get another crack. He was hopeless. You know, I think Madison, a bit of a hype train. I wasn't too sold on that. Yep. I think you saw with Crichton's performance, who was thrust on early because Cam Murray copped a hit to the ear, um, coming from a good coach and a good crop of players regardless of how they're performing he can slide in and do a role um at the end of the day he's come from a very very winning club in in the roosters i i just i think the makeup of the bench its size and 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 strengths or whatever it, it doesn't matter in this modern day and age where the game's so much quicker i think if we if think if we were sort of like you know however many years ago before these these new rule changes came in. I think you just go the all-out huge bench. You know, you get your Campbell Gillard back in there. You know, Junior Bolo. You can't have that Talakai sort of player. Mm. But now it allows you to bring a bit of X factor in. 
I think there's no... Particularly, you've got Appy there too who can play lock. That's the thing. He can come back in and a tight decider up there, in my opinion. Can play for 15, 20 minutes in the second half. Or even the full second half. Like, he's got the engine. You're just he's, looking at breathers. That's all you're looking at. He'll make a million tackles, won't miss anything. He's tight there. Yeah, exactly. You know, just little breathers to give the bigger fellas a rest. And then they come back on and they rip and they tear. Um, Jack Whiten could easily plug a hole in the middle okay. um, if you wanted him at 14. Again, Nico Hines, he unfortunately misses out, and I don't think he's... Um, he's the, probably the most unlucky 18th um, man. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, mate, I think it's it's very, very, very interesting with that whole how it's all going to factor in when everyone's fit. It's very rare that everyone's fit, but I just think it's interesting because, yeah, I don't think we see a lot of the players at the moment in that New South Wales team if, if we don't have Latrell and Tommy Turbo. Yep, I agree. It's pretty amazing how players just come in and make like make it their own kind of thing, you know. Just take that opportunity, one one grasp, and they're away. So, I guess my question is, if you make changes, which I I agree, I think Crude will be gone. Who are your changes, and how many? You think Jackie Boy into the centers? Yeah, I think I think for me, I think Latrell a little bit too underdone. Mm-hmm. As fit as what he is, looking and as much rehab as he has put in, credit to him. Sorry, mate. You're just going to have to sit this one out. You're probably going to be there anyway for the Kangaroo Tour, so you're going to get some rep footy in this year. I just liked too much from what I saw of Jack White, and who only has missed out due to COVID, which is fucking rough. Um, Matty Burton's my other centre. Wingers, and basically, rest is the same. I yep. mean... Kick Talakai? I'm going to say yes, just because... Why upset the apple cart for no reason? If, yeah, I'm the same. If you're happy for, if you're happy for, for what he did... Just, you know, keep it going. Because who do you bring in? You know, who do you bring in? What, what do you play the troll off the bench? Now we're talking. I don't mind that. I, I just want to make this clear for the listeners. I I would, I hope they pick Jack White in the centres. Like, I think, so that's the way I think they'll go. If they do drop Critter. Maybe Freddie doesn't make any changes. Maybe he just sticks loyal. Who knows? But I think they will make a change. And I think Jack White coming back in. If not, I think White on the bench for Talakai. That's my guess. But... If I'm just looking at highlights last night, I've probably still got a bit of motion in me, a bit of hype from the troll last night watching the highlights. Decider, you just need something special, someone that can just break a game open. And I personally would go him in the centres, but I totally understand. And I hope I hope they pick the same team. Yeah, that's just where I sit. So. Yeah, would not be surprised if it was picking Stig either, mate. No, it was a great match. Um, anything else you want to touch like on Sunday night? Touch base on it. You were oh, oh, Cam Murray was good. Jakey T. The Queenslanders, I'll digest them a little bit. We haven't really touched on them. I think a, a lot of what, what we spoke about actually and did end up happening. They missed that big engine in the middle. Um, Is Cotter the most important player? Oh, yeah, fuck yeah, mate. You need that type of player. That's why we won because we had Jake Trebojevic, you know? Like, you need that, that one mongrel player that just keeps tackling, keeps tackling. Like, everyone has a role. Not everyone can be the flashy forward before the line offload type player, right? You need those types of, particularly in origin, you need those types of players. Now, there's one thing we, we haven't touched on, which is a sin bin. And I know there's going to be some angry Queenslanders that, it, you know, it shouldn't have been a sin bin. I actually thought it was the right call. I'm going to back the referees there. I get it. One of my mates said to me, oh, yeah, in a round game, it's it's the right call. But in origin, I'm like, uh, there's not separate sets of rules for fucking origin. And then I heard the referees moan up going, yeah, I didn't see any warning. I'm like, there's no rule that says... There needs to be a warning issued before a player's sin binned. There was like something like four or five infringements within as many minutes. Correct. For the same thing, ruck infringements. Klein's just going, well, that's one too many, mate. Sorry, see you later. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I thought it was the right call. I actually yelled out in front of the TV, Sinbin before, because Kafusi, I'm going I'm to give him his raps. I, th- I think he's last five, ten years, five, five, six, seven years, he's been one of the best back rows in the competition. Defensively, he's so sound. Like, he's been one of the best, but I think he's aging a bit now. Undercover, he's probably a bit of a grub, but that's another, another thing. He's tough as nails. For me, I think Klein was right there, and he called the six again. Kafusi was kind of bent over, had his hands on him, like holding him down a bit. I think Benny Hunt or someone was underneath, rolled from the, rolled from the bottom of the tackle. And then as he's calling six again, Kafusi hands on him. He jumped down and held onto him again, like mounted him, got onto the fucking top mount. And it's like he just called another six again instantly. It's like, it was just ridiculous. Like there was no, there was no other option. It was like a WWE move, mate. It w- was about six or seven seconds. Well, it was like, I think it was like he heard the six again. And then he, yes. And then he's like, well, I can't, I think you stupidly thought, well, I can't get another fucking penalty. Exactly. It's like, wrong, mate. You can. Yeah. And you're getting sin binned. Yeah. And a lot of the time, that's what a lot of teams do. Well, it happened last year in the NRL and even this year. You hear that six again, you might as well hold on for a few more seconds because yeah, teams are happy to give away another tackle. Like Exactly. But Origin right there, three or four, five infringements. For me, I thought it was the right call. Yeah, I did too. And they're going to whinge about that because they're like, oh, Queensland was in the game and then the Simbin happened and then, you know, all this other stuff. And it's like, well, I thought it was the right call. And, I mean, like you said, there's been a lot of times where I've looked at things and gone, well, you got away with that. How many How many do you have to give away? And I think, to make it fair, in Game 1 of Origin, we discussed, like, we didn't like the refereeing. Like, we thought the refereeing was good, but Ashley Klein fucked both sides. Yeah. In this, I thought he gave New South Wales in certain instances, too many six agains. Like, it was like, this isn't origin. But then on the other side, he was blowing penalties for Queensland, like, soft out of their own end penalties against the Blues. So, I think he fucked both sides. Like, yeah, And it's happened all this series, mate. All last year, the losing team goes straight towards the ref. Da-da-da, fuck this. Da-da, it's their fault. Like, you can't win. And it's actually getting a bit draining. Like, I jump online, social media, read a few comments, and it's just ref this, ref that. And it's like, it's, yeah. I thought it was the right call. I I did. I really do. I you know, everyone blowing up, and you, you, they didn't warn him. It's like, sure, you got to know you're on a thin, like you're on thin ice, right? Like you, you're giving away six against, like they're going out of fashion on your own line. On. The ref's gonna get fucking jack of it. So, um, yeah, I did want to touch on that because I know there'll be a lot of fucking winges out there that'll say, oh, you know, I mean, I think we would have dusted his anyway. To be honest, I don't know how many points were any points scored with the man down, like maybe one try, just the one try before the half. Yeah, before the half, I thought Carrigan. Probably their best. He is, from game one to game two, he was just everywhere. I got worried when he came on. Oh, I think he topped their tackle count. Like, he's just everywhere. Yeah, I got worried when he came on. He probably should have started for him. And, well, I mean, I call, I was happy. That's yeah. why I was happy for Tino to start. Yep. I didn't really pay, I, I know I did say that I was going to pay attention to Tino, but I got obviously caught up and wound up in other things and totally forgot that Tino was even out there, to be honest. Um, I'm sure he did some good things, but, yeah, just... You noticed Cotter gone. You noticed that a bigger body in Tino was out there. We noticed that Draboyevich was out there for us. Um, and then you did notice when Carrigan came on. And they used Papali in the same way. So, yeah. What about the wingers? Because we, I think I'm, I overhyped Cobbo game one. And you, you like, Paddy, just settle down a bit. You know, he's still raw. And he had four errors game yeah. two. Game yeah. two of Origin, four errors. Like, the, the best of him. So, even Tualangi, he wasn't poor, like, terrible. But there was a few... You know what I mean? Like, I think I just think our back three murdered them. So, do Queensland? I guess we go forward to game three. The decider. Do they start to look like does a does an Oates come in? 
I wanted Oates from the get-go. I picked him too, yeah. Because, you know, he's good. If, if all else is failing, he's pretty good out of, out of their own yardage. Um, Talagi, I think maybe the um, the occasion got, got a little bit the better of him. And I, I think Cobbo maybe, maybe thought I've had one good game and I'm going to just continue on my own. I don't know. It just felt like sort of, oh, I've got this a little bit too easy type thing, you know. I don't know. Where do they look? Like, where do you look, really? I'm, I'm going to make a, it's not even a bold prediction. I think um, Oates will come in. That's my prediction. But you look at the run meters, our back three all had over 200 again. Cobbo, 64 meters. Tuolangi had 108. And then I've looked at that. It's the runs as well. Like, Selman Cobbo only had 10 runs. Tuolangi had 13 runs. Like, our back three, they're having 20 plus runs each. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're actually getting involved. Yeah. I mean, we all, we, we know and expect that from Toto, but that's big for Tupo. Massive. Um, He's undercover, just like, yeah, yeah. you know. There for his height, try scoring ability, whatever. Huge effort from our back three. I don't mind. I don't know. Queensland are very pick and stick. I think Queensland have never been the people to, to short, sort of show panic. Maybe Oates sneaks in. I, I don't know. Did do do damage Cobbo that early? I was thinking maybe you keep Cobbo. I, I was just thinking maybe up there at Suncorp, Oates and Cobbo, they're the Brisbane wingers. Yeah. Up there, it's a home ground. Maybe they. I know, think that's the call. Yeah. If anything. Definitely. I would have had Oates. Yeah. Yep. Ponga's been pretty good for them, eh? Game one, electric. That first half yeah. game two. Ponga um, gets a lot of critics. Um, <laughs> a lot of my, a lot of our close mates, mutual friends and stuff, they give it to him and I just shake my head and it's like, boys, don't talk too playing. soon. There's a fucking decider still. Know, he was their, arguably the, not their best friend game Skinned one. Skinned fucking Crichton, might I add, too, for it, a try. But, set up that try, pass the ball to Kafusi. Yep. I'd probably say he would be the man of the series like the first game and a half. Like, at halftime on Sunday, I was like, he's up there. Yeah. I mean, Munster. He's, oh, he was yeah, obviously going Yeah, on. Munster, Munster did his part. Um, but Ponga absolutely skinned Critter. And I mean, I'll, I'll sort of stick up for Critter there. Um, I think if that was against Penrith and the winger was was the Toto, um, that doesn't happen because the defensive systems at Penrith are, we get beaten on the outside. Um, so therefore, I think Toto is probably there to make the tackle, whereas Tupo's probably, you could tell that Tupo was stuck out on his wing and he didn't want to leave his winger. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not making, that's not to say taking anything away from Kalen Ponga, Critter got skinned and only, they only scored two tries and Ponga played his part in one of them. So, I mean, very, very rough. Ponga, I think, is going to be their fullback for a very, very, very long time. And then Cobbo obviously sliding there. You can't ride off Caelan Ponga, mate. That's the thing. Yeah, game three is scary. Um, yeah, I think Oates and I think Carrigan wears a 13. I think he has to start up there for the Queenslanders. Yeah, obviously with Cotter um, hide out. Yep. Okay, Origin. Should we roll on to – we just we don't have to um, last drinks. Yeah. Don't want. No. We've been going for an hour, mate. We'll – um. I've just got two little things. Luciano Leilua, so NRL News, weekly NRL News. Luciano Leilua has gone to the Cowboys effective immediately. He obviously signed with them for next season, but it's straight into straight into it now for him. I think he's up there until 25. So I reckon that's a great fucking signing, eh? Great. I reckon it's huge. Particularly when they lost, they've lost Lukey. Lukey, you know? I was going to say. So he's a perfect feeling. Like, that just worked out well for him. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think Leilua, um, maybe under... Peyton sort of tutelage can can get get his head back back on. He's away from his brother. That that was a step in the right direction. Um, you know, 
you know, for a player that can tend to be pretty fucking lazy, I think it's probably the right thing for him to do. Get up to Queensland, new fresh start, and um, in against the with sorry with a winning team in amongst the winning team, it's perfect. I think it's a great signing. I agree, mate. Love it. Branko Lee is with the Broncos at the moment. He's signed with the Dolphins. Another outside back. Is this just depth? Do you make much of this, mate? Or I mean, the Dolphins have got to start signing some actual fucking proper <laughs> players. I don't know how many depth signings you need to make, but it's a bit a bit lackluster for me. I mean, I'm not I'm not really even keen on fucking talking about that really too much, just because Brinko Lee's a journeyman. Like he had big raps. Has he actually played Origin? He has. Yeah, uh, COVID year. I yeah, believe, yeah, yeah, I think he snuck in. And then he won the comp with Melbourne in 20. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I don't know. That was probably the highlight of his career. And now he's, I don't know, he's just, he's, he drifts in and out. It might be an attitude problem. There might be things going on behind the scenes. I don't really know with Branko Lee, but it just doesn't really excite me for the Dolphins. And the more, the more time that goes on, the more I start to panic that this could be a big fucking fizzer for the Dolphins. I know they've got a good forward pack, but, you know, what's going to get your points? Well, we're talking about Dolphins. So the comp's going to go to 17 teams next year. That means there's obviously going to buy every round, right? Imagine like revving up for your season, like, fuck yeah, boys, 2023 season, let's go. And like round one, you've got the buy. It's like, I'll put it on ice for a week. I just don't, I just don't like that concept. I know. It just. And it's going to be like that for a long time. There's going to, you know, there's rumors of North Sydney Bears and all this other stuff. They've been trying for fucking years. I don't know how they're going to do it. I think it's, I think it's a little bit silly. All right, mate. Um, Had the Birdo chat before, test the market, what we think he's worth. We just roll into our tips for the week and call it Let's a day. Let's get into our tips. Um, People are stinging for this. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they have to wait a drooling hour. Yeah, they're like, please, can you just tip seven again? No worries. <laughs> we'll do it. Let's no go. Worries. Here it is. Like I said, guys, I think the more and more Paddy and I go through this, we're always going to have our, our top sport, you know, alignment. We're always going to give you our tips. But I think as, as we sort of discussed where we want to take this potty, the bets are great. I love winning money. Everyone loves it. You know, we do it pretty responsibly here anyway. Bit of fun. They're going to get the back burner more and more and probably just become a bit of a side piece. You know, things may expand in the future and we may even do a shorter little podcast just on tips and a bit of shit talk around them. I think when you digest it as much as the game and the news as much as what we have, and particularly in this podcast, just to give you those tips and watch the late mail because, again, it's a Tuesday and we don't have team lists, is probably enough and if I haven't fucking proven myself, we haven't proven ourselves yet. Yeah, you're killing yeah, it. Yeah, you need your fucking head red. We're like, how many units up? And we went atrocious the last round game. So I'll let Paddy introduce the team, um, the the matchup, and then I'll I'll give you my my uh, tips. Beautiful as always, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This segment is brought to you by Top Sport. All the top offers, all the top odds, only at Top Sport. Use that top-up token. Have a top day. Have a top week. And always do it responsibly. That's the most important thing. Obviously, our charity account, all funds, mental health, critical, crucial. We bang on it every week. And we've got over... We've had a massive week. We, we touched base on the women's state of origin. Blues cashed in. And our man, Christian's man, Big Birdo, into the Blues win head-to-head. Another big one there. So we've got 11... Over $1,100 in the kitty. We've broken the, the $1,000 mark. I think that's fucking sensational. That's, it looks um, great. That's... Uh, you know, I think what was our, our target was sort of 1500 bucks. So, I mean, hopefully we can nail a big one this week as well or whatever. And, um, yeah, just keep charging. I mean, we get over 2K. That's, yeah, yeah that's, we'll that's how we go. job done, I think, you yeah. know. All right, round 16. The Manly Seagulls host the Melbourne Storm. And we like Manly here plus 8.5, depending on... Munster depending. 
We won't, we won't delve too much more into that. That's just Munster depending. If Munster's in, the minus eight and a half, but it won't be minus eight and a half if Munster's in. It'll probably probably burn out probably 12 and a half, I reckon. Regardless, I still like it. Full strength Melbourne team um, versus Manly, who are pretty lackluster at times. I think Melbourne just outgrind them there and, and get the job done. Keeping in mind, too, that anyone who's involved in Origin is going to have a complete week off. That's why I like the Sunday game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, plus eight and a half for now. If Munster's in, watch the late mail. That'll change, no doubt. KP, Kalen Ponga, we just discussed him. His Newcastle Knights take on the Gold Coast Titans, 6 p.m. on the Friday. And without him, I think he's been ruled out with concussion. We like Titans plus 1.5. Yeah, Ponga's the heart and soul of that team, really. I mean, I know Knights fans will be like, nah, he fucking doesn't perform, whatever. I guarantee you right now, if I was if I was the Gold Coast Titans, I'd be ready to rip and tear against the Knights with no Ponga. I'd be full of confidence. You know, they'll no doubt have Tino there. Um, you know, Bo Firma, my boy, he's been around the, the Origin camp. He'll be looking to rip and tear. Um, plus one and a half. I mean, bit of a buffer there for us. Love that to be too flat. Yeah, I think Gold Coast notch up a win. Beautiful, mate. Finally. Get off the bottom of the table. Our boys, 8 o'clock Friday night, the Penrith Panthers take on the Sydney Roosters. I believe Luke Keary has been ruled out with that concussion protocols he's facing. So... We just got to back up, boys. We discussed this pre-podcast. Oh, it's a big line, you know. Well, they're going to be, you know, Roosters, Roosters um, season on the line. Lost three in a row, the Roosters. Is it going to be four in a row? But we've gone our boys minus 14.5 at home. Yeah, say no more. Obviously, if we, you know, Cleary chooses to rest a few players, maybe we look elsewhere. But I think we back, we tried to back the Roosters against the against Parra and it backfired without Cleary. So... You, you can't really look past our boys. I'm sure they're probably still up there, one of our most winning sides. We can break that down come the next monthly wrap-up. But, yeah, mate, 14 and a half, late mail again. We'll see who's if anyone's rested for Penrith, which I highly doubt because this could probably potentially put the Roosters' season to the, to the sword. It's going to be close, yep. Yeah, monthly wrap-up next week, bro. Saturday afternoon. The Doggies take on the Cronulla Sharks, and we like the Sharks minus 8.5. This is a bit of a heart, heart, uh, sorry, a hype line, I mm. reckon. I think everyone's hyping up around the Canary Bulldogs, and they need to understand that they're still the Canary Bulldogs. And Cronulla are fourth. Say no more. They've been under the radar the last month, hey, bro? Yeah. Like, they dropped down a bit, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, they're, oh, they're the real deal. You know, yeah. they started the season well. Yeah. They're just humming. Yeah, exactly. Nico didn't play on the weekend. He's going to be fresh as a daisy. And, yeah, I, I think that the bookies have got around the hype here because I think it should be around 12 and a half, to be honest. Mm. I think minimum 12 and a half. You know, you're giving the Roosters 14 and a half, say, against Panthers, but you're not giving Canterbury the same. Like, I, I, I think this line's horribly wrong. I think Sharks shit that in. Just, just live while we're going, mate, it's dropped down to minus eight. Really? So we had... Oh, I need to hit the refresh button here. I've got, it was minus 8.5 a minute ago, and it's gone down to eight for me. Well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, okay. Love it. You can keep going. You can keep bringing that down. Um, minus eight. And you know what? Let's have minus seven and a half top sport if you're out there listening. <laughs> you know, I'll take minus six. Oh, okay. Yes, on that on that cocky. Anyway. Love it. 5.30 Saturday. The Cowboys take on. Wow. The Broncos. Love the Derby. The Derby. Cowboys at home. Minus 6.5. At $2 too. Juicy. Love that. I love it when there's a $2 line because... Top Sport have banned me from their promo bets. <laughs> anyway, still love them. Um, this is another one with injuries. Sorry to butt in. I think yeah, Payne Haas is questionable. Is. Reynolds, like it's 
I'm going North Queensland minus six and a half. Yep. I think you just got to keep backing them. They've proven. Oh, I just realised these lines are changing before my eyes. Anyway, crazy. Yeah. I mean, jeez, we better get through this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Um, this is bizarre. Yeah, this actually. is bizarre. I just literally watched the next the Rabbitohs Eels line change before my eyes. Um, yeah, the minus. It's just say no more. They're third place. Brisbane. Few injury clouds. Watch the late mail. Things can go the way, but I do like that. It's minus six and a half or two bucks. The derby, it was a blowout last time, so that was a bizarre one. I think Brisbane shot out, and then Cowboys, Cowboys ended up spanking them. You called it, mate. Yeah, I remember that. That was one of our. Yeah, that was. One I think of, that was like week two or three. Yeah. Like, oh, bro, the Cowboys are shit. <laughs> you yeah, called nah, it, mate. Nah, then nah, nah, we could home. just score the next one. Is all. Right. <laughs> we just need to score the next one. <laughs> Said like a true fucking degenerate. Uh, 7.30 on the Saturday. This is, in my opinion, probably game of the round. One of the games of the round, yep. if everyone's fit. Latrell back. We assume the Bunnies take on the Parramatta Eels. And we like the Bunnies plus. We did like a plus 4.5. We liked them at plus 5.5. I know. I know. I watched it just flick over. I was like, okay, I'll happily have that. I mean, it's the same line anyway, yeah. let's be honest. Um, plus 5.5. Latrell's back. Parra Eels, pretty lackluster. Yeah. Say no more. I think I think the 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 band will be back together. Cody will have his boy back out there, and yeah, um, be interested to see where Taff gets named as well. Yeah, because he's been on the bench, hasn't he? Yeah. And then Nikarima fullback. Yeah, so I'd be glad the trolls back. Obviously, mm, exactly. maybe Taff floats out. Yeah, I, I don't know. Or Nikarima, either way. Yeah. Yep. No, I like that, mate. All right, the New Zealand Warriors are back at home in New Zealand at Mount Smart, and. They've lost a million games in a row, it feels like. But we're backing them here. Minus yep. 4.5 against the Tigers. Yep. Do you reckon that... It's the Mount Smart factor for me. Yeah. Do you reckon there's a bit of... Not corrupt. Corruption. You know, like, obviously bad refereeing happens. Do you reckon they're going to be blowing the whistle a bit too many times? Try and get, try and get them home. Get the crowd for roaring. The, sold out. For the love of rugby league, just do it, please. Like, <laughs> I just think they'll be pumped up regardless. West Tigers are trash. Surely. You know, I think, I, I think I'm highlighting West Tigers... For me to potentially be the ones that um, have me cough up 50 to our boy, the Catholic priest Pope. Um, yeah, they, they, they could really fuck my bet. They're the one team I'm worried about. Um, just because the Warriors are at home from for the rest of the season. So Are they there the rest well, of the season? Well, no, no, sorry. Oh, I mean, but like any home, you know, like I'll quickly bring it up for you. Let's see how many home games they're going to get. Um, their next five, which is all but done. They've got another two games out of the next five. I mean, obviously, we've got a few more rounds left than that, but that's just, you know, the next five, they've got two out of the five, so... That's handy. It's handy, and one of them's against the Storm, which I feel for them, you know, you could have at least given that, I don't know, given them fucking Canterbury or something, I don't know. Anyway, I digress. Minus four and a half, because the West Tigers are blacklisted. Mount Smart, first time in over a thousand days, so... Yeah, New Zealand Warriors, mate. All right, I'll be tuned in, cheering them home. Last game, last game in the round, round 16, 4 p.m., the Dragons take on the Canberra Raiders. This is tough. I think the Dragons are in the eight now, but we like Canberra minus 1.5. Mate, I just love too much, you know, of what's coming out of the forward pack of Canberra. Tarpany, love him. He's going to be raring after the Kiwis game. Got picked at lock. I think he was crying during the anthem. It meant a lot to him. Papali. Be interested to see if he backs up. I think he will. He didn't he doesn't play many minutes in Origins anymore. Um, yeah, I just think Canberra, 
had a good showing against Para. They've they've shown me they've shown me enough to sort of go. We're the better team here. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say than that. It's just that for me, it's that roll-on factor. Adam Elliott's there. There's just plenty to like. Xavier Savage. I mean, I, I got him straight in my super coach team. Um, I love it. Jackie Boy is essentially playing for his origin jersey. Back from like, yes, COVID. I think course. he wants to stand up. I, I think so. Benny Hunt what? wants to stand up as well. Like, try and keep that not... not I think it'll be dropped. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they bring Harry Grant on in game three to start. Who knows? Like, there's a lot. There's a lot on the line this yeah, round. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's actually a very interesting game. That could be low key. And if, if both teams fucking aim up in that game, that could be very, very close. Hence the, I know, fucking. Well, I'm stating the fucking obvious. The line's one and a half. So like, it's going to be fucking close. Well, you'd assume the bookies think anyway. But yeah, I just a lot. I don't know. I just think the Canberra. They've got a lot to fucking prove. And you know, Rapana, pick for Kiwis. A lot of guys are sort of flying out of that camp. So I mean, and if they win. That will overtake the Dragons. So they might sneak into the eight, depending on other results, obviously, mm, before mm. and against. But, like, it's crucial. Yep. We're going to this stage of this, this season for me, the next month, where it's pretty much win or go home. Well, just before the potty, weren't we? We were talking about that, like, log jam at the bottom. You know, you've got Canterbury, West Tigers, and Warriors both on eight points, and then you've got Gold Coast. So I think they've been a little bit stiffed. I think they're a much better team than dead last, sitting on six points. Um. Any of those bottom four teams could easily, and I mean, I even probably put the Knights in that. So any of those bottom five teams could be the Wooden Spooners, mate. Yeah, that's you know? fair. Um, just it all comes down to the run home, etc. So, and then just to top that off, from pretty much seventh, South Dragons, Roosters, Manly, and Canberra, any of them could make the eight or miss the exactly. Eight. Like it's bizarre. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have picked. Uh, I mean. Yeah, time does age things, mate. Um, the old minor premiership into the Roosters is looking a bit fucking average, isn't mate, it? I think, what are we... <laughs> Can we just forget about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, guys, we, you know, it, it'd be a pretty fucking boring podcast. Just put it this way, all right? We're the, we're the motherfuckers out here sticking our necks out, all right? Not you. Not you fucking peasants listening in your fucking cars, in your little warm cars with your fucking heaters on, all right? We're the ones who are out here sticking our necks out. We got to, we wanted to give you a bit of value. That's all it was. Okay. What was we, that like five dollars? Yeah, it was five dollars. I don't know. You know, look, look. I'd loved it. You know, I, if you wanted my honest opinion at the start of the season, I would have told you that parents are going back to back. <laughs> all right. By country mile, daylight second. I could have told you that, but that'd be a boring fucking podcast. It would, mate. All right. So, look, just cut us some slack. We're still winning you a bucket fucking load of money if you're tipping everything we tell you. So. And I think at the start of the year, we did say Titans to miss the eight. That was at $2. Yeah. I remember What that. was that bet? Can we, let's just the quickly, futures? the future bet. There was that little sort of, you know, top sports special bet that we had. Patty. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Patty, so it's going to be. We're going to be getting sweaty. We were feeling good a few months about it. Uh, were Roosters involved in this? Yeah. <laughs> were Roosters. I was flying with this bet. I was like, they should pay us out now. And now I'm feeling like things are slipping. Things are slipping and they may have nearly slipped. So we had Xavier Coates, top try scorer. That was going good and then he got injured. So throw that in the yeah, bin. That's in the bin. See ya, mate. The big one. The one, oh, mate, I was feeling the same. I, <laughs> the hairs on my neck were sticking up. $3.80. Wow, value. Melbourne Storm top four. That's locked in. Yep. Cronulla Sharks top eight. They're sitting fourth. That's locked in. Newcastle Knights to miss the eight. Wow, that's locked in. Sydney Roosters, top 
six. Top six? Top six. No. I think we're cooked. I think we're cooked. There's three wins out. I think we're cooked. Let's have their next five. Actually, stand by. We went through this in the podcast. Ooh, it's Everyone stand good. by. It's looking very, very good for the Roosters. They get through us. They can potentially go four on the trot. When I say get through us, they cop the L from us. And then they go four on the trot. They got Dragons. Definitely beatable. Knights. Beatable. If they rock up against Manly, they can do it. And likewise against Brisbane, I believe that if they can rock up, They've got Brisbane at home, not at Suncorp, which is massive. I do think that they can win four out of four there and maybe start creeping back. It'd be very Trent Robinson to, to find form around about now and potentially go, I mean, I can't find any through my app that I'm looking at currently, Paddy, mm-hmm. then five. But that takes us to round 2021, whatever. Mm-hmm. Still got another four games to go or whatever. So... Top six, it'll be, you know, I'm, Touching go. you know, you'd say that Dragons could drop out of the eight. Um, my biggest worry there is Parramatta probably aren't going to give them enough. The only other team that could maybe just drop down a little bit for us is Brisbane. And then maybe Roosters go on a massive streak for us and sneak into the six. They probably, sixth is probably their best that they could do. Sixth or fifth or sixth. Yeah. I don't, they're, not, they're not making fourth. No. Damn it. We'll see. They were looking good, bro. They were sitting there and then they've lost around the trot, but... That's life. So, anyway, um, what a pleasure. Any, I think that's it. Don't like to, it's a bit of a somber note to sort of end the podcast <laughs> on. But anyway, little recap there for you. It's not looking too sharp with our futures bets, but I mean, this is what I say to everyone. You know, you hear all these, you know, same game multis and multis and future bets that come off, and everyone loves fucking posting the Cinderella stories and stuff, but no one appreciates the grinders. I think, I think we're, you know, maybe next season we should officially call this, um, this section. You know, hopefully, we're sort of hoping that it will have its own segment. But I reckon Definitely. we do. I think we do call it the grind. Yeah, the grinders. Yeah, the grinders. The grinders. The grinders. Yeah, we won't. We won't talk about um, other things that are related to that word. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're out here. We we grind. It's a week in, week out thing for us. We're not here for the the quick buck. And um, our boy Hussy understands that now, don't you, Huss? That's why you don't multi our lines together, mate. He's the number one fan of the show. He's lying. He's ready to go again this week. <laughs> I can hear his ears probably just started burning. He's probably already jumped on somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bruh. Any last comments? Are you happy with happy with that? Nah. Go go women's rugby league. There we go. Go the women. Go um. Caitlin, Caitlin Johnston. <laughs> From row 10. You. The big unit. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. We will see you next week. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the origin chat, obviously. And round 16, wrap it up. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Paddy's Playable. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page, at Paddy's Playable. We post fun, engaging content every single day. Once again, we really appreciate your support. See you next time. Let's go.